What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some Dungeons and Dragons. Each week, we, or a listener like you, writing into difficultyclass at gmail.com, come up with a topic, question, encounter, or anything else somehow related to RPGs, and we have some fun talking about them. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Hi, I'm Lauren Irvin. That's right, Lauren is here! Hi! I'm waving even though you can't see me wave. <laughs> I always do that too, because I'm like, hello, you'll never see this. No, that's fine. You know what? You can hear it in the smile in my voice. Yes, absolutely. And that that is true of you more than anyone else, I think. <laughs> I love um, the old school of, of, yes, you smile because people can hear it in your voice and see it in your eyes. And it is true. 100%. 100%. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for being here. I, I've, I've been looking forward to this episode since we were talking about, since, since we first started talking on uh, on Twitter, like I, I knew I wanted to get you on the show eventually mm-hmm. uh, because you're a fantastic person and a just shining star of positivity in this community. <laughs> Thank you. And I've been super excited to come and join you and after watching all your stuff on Idol Champions and, and everything. So I'm super happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Um but yeah th- this is this is one of the this is one of the interview shows or guest shows that I, I love because we haven't gotten to talk that much. Like we've talked here and there like exchanging uh, replies and stuff like that. But this is like this is I love these ones because like I get to know somebody on air. <laughs> Instead of just frantic DMs about, well wait, what if we made this vampire show into a comic? <laughs> <laughs> My wife saw that. She's like, what are the two of you talking about? What are you doing? We don't know either, but it's fun. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. It's great. So, Lauren, if if people do not know who you are, get, get, give them the, the elevator pitch of Lauren. Uh, the elevator pitch. Okay. <laughs> I am currently the community manager for Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms by Codename Woo! Entertainment, which I literally just started this job as of recording two days ago. So, <laughs> yay, go me. Uh, but I am a longtime D&D nerd. I've been doing lots of D&D podcasts and live streams and mm-hmm. modding for a bunch of other streams in the community. Previous to this, I was a community manager for D&D Beyond. And uh, when there isn't a pandemic, going on. I'm also a professional classical musician who plays oboe, which hasn't happened in a little while, but it's still sitting behind me mm-hmm. in a closet and I pull it out every day and and play a little bit. And one day, one day I will do that as well too. But that's how most an- of the people on the internet know me. And it's an instrument that I knew of, but never knew, had never seen the word spelled, and so mispronounced it the first time I read your name on the Champions of Lore. If it helps, so I'm also a longtime Xbox gamer, and my, my gamer tag has been Oboe something for a very long time, mm-hmm. and I've gotten Hobo, and I've gotten Oboe, and I've gotten... Oh, that's the one I did. Yeah, yeah, everybody, it's it's one of those instruments that everybody kind of knows exists and has been yeah. around forever, but no, how often do you meet an Oboist, you know? Well, like, like in uh, uh, me younger, well, still now, but like, I, I was obsessed with soundtracks as a kid. Like, John Williams was my jam. People were jamming nice. out to like System of a Down. I'm just like Duel of the Fates. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like, I, I know these musical instruments by name. I've never seen them written. <laughs> that's okay. You, you can you can hear it and you can enjoy it, and that's that's the goal. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've people will see it. I I go through back when travel was a thing, I'd go through airport security and I would always get pulled aside even long before 9-11 or anything like that. People were always like, what is this weird thing? And no one knows what a robot is. And so, yeah, the, I, I've been called a, a trumpet. I've been called a clarinet. I've been called... A, the trumpet was the weird one. What? Yeah. How do you call that a trumpet? Because because that's not their job is to know what these instruments are, but they, you know, that's what they played in high school. Who knows? I don't know. So I'm just kind of used to it. I don't play an instrument that everybody played or kind of mm-hmm. knew about, but... At least it is an instrument that is relevant in classical music yeah. all the time. So I can't I can't uh, be too bothered. That, that's actually funny to talk about this because um, earlier today I recorded another podcast, uh, uh, the from the same Mister, the one I do with my siblings, and the sibling that we were talking to uh, today, she plays the harp. And- oh. Yeah, and she was just like, I mainly picked that because no one else played it. <laughs> yeah, that's an instrument that takes way more dedication. You know, here, spend spend the, the the same amount of money you would to buy a house. Get yourself a car <laughs> that can only transport this thing. Spend ten hours tuning it. Oh, bless them! Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, she she's she's got some dedication to that thing. <laughs> you have to. You absolutely yep. or else or or else you run away screaming because of the, <laughs> the you know, playing a musical instrument is hard enough as it is and being a professional and then most instruments have a thing that is not at all related to being a musician that you have to do. Um and it's harder or easier for some instruments. And f- so like for oboes, we make our own reeds. So I'm a, a professional whittler in a weird oh, way. That is, I did not know that. Yeah, most, almost all professional oboists, we make our own reeds from scratch because they, uh, they, they burn out really quickly. They, um, they are so integral to the sound and the expressiveness of the instrument, and they, you can't get them from a store in nearly the same kind of quality. So, a lot of what I do is not play oboe or practice music it is sit and whittle on little pieces of wood and try to make a mime instrument over and over and over again because I'll have two or three reeds and they'll get me through a week or two if I'm if I'm playing constantly mm-hmm. and that's how to, to subtly bring this back to D&D um, oh, no, it doesn't have to. I'm sorry, D&D listeners. I love, I love musical instruments. I'm here for this conversation. <laughs> well, and, and we'll bring it back to heart because, oh, but like um, one of the things that, uh, so I will spend hours and hours and hours making reads. And so having something that I can have on to either listen to or to watch that I don't okay. have to watch is super useful. So when podcasts okay. became a thing, podcasts became my jam. And then when D&D live plays became a thing, especially Critical Role when that started up, yeah. that was the best thing ever. Because here is something that is engaging, that is geek stuff that I love to listen to. That is essentially, um, it's essentially uh, live play storytelling. And every once in a while, I could just look over and see everybody's mm-hmm. faces, you know, and and or D and D podcasts or any of that. That yeah. was amazing because I would sit for hours, and it it making reads takes just enough brain power to be annoying. But not enough that I <laughs> I can't have something else going on. So I get that. Yeah, it's it's and that's literally how I got into D and D podcasting was just I needed something to listen to and the mm-hmm. acting podcasts were out there. I'm like, wait, I can listen yeah. to D and D. Yeah, this is amazing. Oh my, those th- those were game changers. Like, oh my, I I I wanted so many podcasts of D and D at the time, and like that was the only one. So I I've listened to those first ones with like Will Wheaton and stuff. Yeah, just over and over again. <laughs> I was not a fan of Robot Chicken, but I watched and listened to yep. Perkins do the whole series of Robot Chicken. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, those were amazing. And then when Critical yeah. Role started up, I'm like, this is the best thing ever of all time. Voice actors playing D and D and for like mm-hmm. five hours. <laughs> it was well, great. See, see, now I have an answer for Aaron because uh, Aaron Evans and I were talking uh, one time before a show because we were talking about you because we just we love you being there in the chat because you're always like I said positive and just bring great energy. Aww. And uh, and it was just like I can't remember exactly what she said. She's just like I love Lauren, but I want to know what her secret is. How she's there for streams all the time. Like like does she have a time turner? <laughs> and now I know you're you're making reads. You're doing work. I love it. I can give her an answer now. <laughs> well, and I'm, I've been super lucky in the past couple of years as I've worked for a company, whether it was uh, Koname Entertainment or D&D Beyond before that, that was about mm-hmm. geek stuff, D&D or, yeah. you know, a game related to D&D. And so having a a stream on, especially once again, a D&D stream in where I can listen actively, but I don't necessarily have to be watching all the time is perfect, which is why I, I do lurk and, and love a lot. So uh, <laughs> it is it is a blessing for me as well, because it gives me something else to to listen to, because I'm ironically enough, I can't listen to music while I'm working because I pay oh. it, I have to pay attention to music. I can't have music playing when I'm playing D&D. It's oh, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, but I, I I get what you mean because like yeah, that makes sense. You you're you're tuned into it. So you're think OK, yeah, okay. I have to focus on it, whereas um talking if i if i need to if i have to pay attention to the email that i'm writing i can tune out the talking for a little bit i can stop okay. paying attention to that but music uh, like my husband likes to fall asleep to music i can't I, I, <laughs> I, i'm the worst i'm like can you you have to turn that off or else i'm never getting to sleep <laughs> because i'm just actively listening to it because that's yeah. my training and i love it but it's also like well i also need to answer emails so i get that mm. i get that um so so Laura, how how did you get into uh D? Oh jeez. So 
if we go way back many centuries ago, <laughs> <laughs> when I have a tiny little bit of D&D in my history, I was in the 80s when I was young. My parents did get me the red box because my parents are also lovely geeks. And they got oh, me. that's awesome. I love them so much. Uh, they got me the red box in a misguided attempt to get me to hang out with people more because <laughs> I was an, I, I am and I was an indoor child. Um, mm-hmm. My mom is an educator. My dad worked for the state of New York as a psychologist. And so both of them in the 70s and the 80s were deep into what at the time was the Internet, BBS. And just, you know, they, they were part of that group of people in New York, like working on computers and have so okay. I had home computers even when I was young young um mm-hmm. and so I was playing video games I was playing Zork <laughs> I was on the oh, internet Zork. yeah you know and so they wanted to to get me you know it took me a very long time as a child to learn how to be social I guess uh, mm-hmm. I was very bad at it when I was young. And so they got me the red box in an attempt of like, hey, here's a game. You're into geek stuff. You've read Lord of the Rings. You're reading all these other books. Here, go, this play this. Find mm-hmm. some friends and play this. Except uh, the satanic panic happened. And I was also <laughs> an indoor child who had a hard time like talking to kids. So mm-hmm. the ones that I kind of convinced to think about it went home and their parents went, no, that's the <laughs> devil's game. <laughs> So I had the, so my entire experience with the red box is playing through the introductory DM adventure, which what I remember was, um, it basically was like a choose your own adventure style little thing that you could go through Mm -hmm. and then you'd roll the dice and you'd play like a character and it would tell you, oh, you know, if you do this, you hit the goblin. It was very basic. And I ran through that thing like 10 times with 10 different characters. And then I had Monkey Island. So that was it. (laughs) And then fast forward to, like, I got through high school and I played um, some little bits of, like, a Star Wars RPG. And I, I've been big into our, uh, video game RPGs, the Final mm-hmm. Fantasy series and Dragon uh, uh, Dragon Age and Skyrim and all the way down. And then 4th edition came out and literally it was... Um, Chris Perkins with the Acking Podcast, yep. and it was something that I always wanted to do. And they had put out the Red Box for Fourth Edition, mm-hmm. and I just moved. That's what I started on, right? <laughs> like, and that hit that nostalgia with me of like, okay, I didn't really play when I was young, but I always wanted to. And here's this yeah. thing that I remember. And no, it didn't come with the white crayon to color in the D twenty, but that's fine. <laughs> and I just moved out to Seattle. Um, and so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to the game store and I'm going to sign up. Um, it's Adventures League now, but I don't remember offhand what they called it in fourth edition. Oh yeah. But it was the same kind of thing. You go to a store and they put you together with a group and they would play through adventures. And I'd been listening to these podcasts and I'm like, I'm going to do it. And that's how I started. And so for a bunch of years, I played through fourth edition. It was great. And you and I had a you and I had a back and forth on Twitter about fourth edition. We're yeah. like, ah, it's still it's still fun though. <laughs> if you want to play the war gamey part of D anD D, you know yes. it is it is awesome. And one of these days we'll get B Dave and we will play a fourth edition game <laughs> with him. Oh my god! If we could get beat it to begrudgingly play fourth edition with us that would be amazing we'll make it a, like a charity thing like he'll do a charity one shot for somebody and we'll make it hey if we donate this much much will you play a fourth edition game with us because he can't say no to that kind of stuff so we'll, we'll tie it to charity and then he'll have to say yes beautiful beautiful um so okay so so you, you got into to fourth edition and you play that all the way through it it's it's lifespan yeah i was uh playing through fourth edition i remember next the playtest for fifth came out when it was D&D yep. next. And um, we had just done my home game, had just done the fourth edition version of Tomb of Annihilation. Um, oh, that thing was rough. And <laughs> all right. So so I'm going to lay down some really wonky lore. Uh, this is this is probably where all of my homebrew funness comes from. We had played <laughs> through um, we were supposed to do a Dark Sun game. And then mm. the person in my home game who was going to run Dark Sun couldn't play anymore. I don't remember the details of, you know, real life got in the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, but we had gotten through what now people would call session zero. But at the time, I don't think I would call it a full session zero. It was basically just making our characters. Um, but a bunch of us had picked, like, I was playing a Thrykreen that I was super excited about because Mantis people. And so 
the person who said they'd take over to DM to run something else, which I don't remember what they ran, said, but I'm okay with you keeping the characters that you created in Dark Sun. So a whole bunch of us already had these weird Dark Sun characters going through like points of light D&D. Yeah. Got up to like 16th or 17th level. And then this module came out that was the updated version for fourth edition of the Tomb of Annihilation. And they said, well, I'll go, we'll go ahead and run that. And so we'll just run your current characters through that. So I ran a Thrycreen through the Tomb of Annihilation. Oh my God. We slaughtered everything. It was great. Um, that's that's actually one of the one of the books that I still have. I still have that Tomb of Annihilation book. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> or Tomb of Horrors. That's what it is. Tomb of Horrors. Tomb of Horrors. Yeah. 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 Tomb of Horrors. So, but yeah, we were we were playing the play tests and everything, and um and yeah, basically when Fifth Edition came out, we just transferred over to it and kept going, and it was it was weird because I had to learn how to do like spell slots and things because I mm-hmm. learned in the Fourth Edition Move Minor Standard model yep and you know at will and encounter powers and there's people out there who are listening to this like who are rolling their eyes right now but (laughs) and i'm just like yes encounter powers they were the best (laughs) i came so i had started running um charity games using fourth edition DD, and it was perfect because i got all of uh, I was able to get people who had never played D&D before to sit down and play a charity game of D&D knowing nothing mm-hmm. because I could condense the character sheet to a half a page and a couple of power cards. Oh, the cards were the best. The cards were amazing. You know, yeah. the, the online system was wonky, but if you knew what you were doing, mm-hmm. you could print out the power cards. And if you were of a okay level, you know, nothing hot, you know, super powerful, you'd have your couple of at wills and your encounter and your daily. And I'd sit mm-hmm. people down and I'd be like, all right, I'm just going to ask you for numbers and you tell me what you want to do and uh, you'll point to the number. And then, you know, these you can do all the time and these you can do once a fight and these you can do once. And that's it. And people grabbed onto that immediately. It was great. So Mm -hmm. I ran a whole bunch of charity games for people who just had never played before because it was so easy to distill everything. Um, Now it's a little bit more difficult, but it also it's a lot easier to do a lot of role playing. You know, the fourth edition was very much more geared towards the go out and kick down the doors and go fight the monsters. So mm-hmm. I found all my, my world of Warcraft friends and I kind of pushed them into D and D and they were, <laughs> they were super excited about it. And then we all went to fifth. So that's awesome. Uh, so, so how, how did you get involved with D and D beyond? So I had been, um, it's such a weird history thing. Um, <laughs> I've been doing these live, these, these charity games. And the charity games turned into a podcast that is still ongoing called Dungeon Drunks that I DM that some of my mm-hmm. best friends we've been playing for for years and years and years. And so we'd been doing this D&D podcast for a while. And I ended up working because of that podcast. I got to know a bunch of the people at Wizards of the Coast and uh, ended up on some of their live streams and was working doing moderation for their Twitch live streams when they were just starting to turn uh, basically because for a while it was just Dragon Talk. And it was just Mm -hmm. a podcast. And then they brought Dragon Talk and Dice Camera Action to Twitch and then we're building out the rest of their Twitch portfolio. And um, so I, I DM'd one of the games that they uh, had on. And from there was also just hanging out in the Twitch chat. Because once again, I need something to listen to while I'm making 20 billion oboe reads. So <laughs> not better. So uh, they asked me to go ahead and moderate. And so I basically worked for Wizards of the Coast as a moderator for their Twitch streams for about a year. And oh, wow. that's when, and they had the first stream of uh, Annihilation that I went to and got to meet a whole bunch more people and was <laughs> on that. And and then very- I remember sur- watching that live stream. <laughs> it, was, it was super fun. It was, I have never been surrounded by more people who all had that, like, none of us belong here, but you belong here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, three or four times uh, an hour, it'd be like, someone would, would say- God, I have such imposter syndrome right now. And then someone else would say, how do you have imposter syndrome, Matt Mercer? Like, <laughs> like literally everyone there is going, I don't belong here amongst all of you awesome people. And everyone would turn and say, what are you talking about, you awesome person? I don't belong here. It was amazing. 
So after, I love it. And so I got to meet a whole bunch of wonderful people. That's where I met. I met uh, Adam Bradford very briefly. I met uh, most of the uh, the people from Idol Champions, and uh, then a couple of months later. Uh, Adam Bradford and Todd Kenrick met up with me at Mox Boarding House here in Seattle, and we're like, "Hey, how would you like to be the community manager for for this little thing we got going called D and D Beyond?" I'm like, "Okay, sure." And <laughs> that was it. Like, I had been doing Twitch moderating for so long that when they needed a community manager, they're like, "Hey, grab that person," and and then I've just been continuing to do it, and it's been it. awesome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and now and are you doing it for for Isle Champions? I know, I know that again. This first week, yes. <laughs> you're still getting in there. Is um, day day two. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because Monday was off. That's right. Monday was a holiday, so so yesterday was my my first day, and today was day two. Is, is, it's going well. I well, I'm still employed, so I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> they they haven't gone. What what have we done yet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think they will. <laughs> I, I, I aim to make that happen. Uh, to to be. Yeah. I've I've loved this game for a while, and so I'm super excited to work with them. And yeah, I'm I'm excited. It's right now slightly overwhelming just because I've got to learn everything. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but that's plus during a job. pandemic. <laughs> well, and I'm kind of used to doing it remote, so it's less about and. In a weird way, I'm lucky because the at this point, Codename has been working under pandemic conditions for a while mm-hmm. now, and so um, they're they're now used to this. You know, I'm Dylan coming... still doesn't like it, but he, he does it. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, none of us like it, but like you know, we're all kind of used to it, so yeah. it's it's a little less of that and more just the normal new job. Oh, this is how this is working and oh you're using this and you know, all the all the little itty bitty technical things. Mm-hmm. Um and then yeah, I've I've been enjoying that super super fun and yeah, I can't complain. And, and Todd came over with too. He, he he's working there too. It, it's he it's weird that got I there e- first. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He did announce it first. Yeah, yeah. He, it well, is weird that he went oh, sorry, first too. Like mm. uh, it it was it was a very weird week at D&D Beyond when all of us were like, and yeah, so I'm leaving. Wait, where are you going? Wait, what? Wait, you're <laughs> going? Uh, yeah. There was there was a lot of surprise. There was a lot of, oh, wait, you're going there too? Uh, but yeah, so he's, I, I followed him like a puppy. <laughs> 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 I, I loved B Dave on on the stream, but the the was when he's like, "I find you." <laughs> That's okay. It's true. B Dave, nope. you are welcome to find me anywhere and everywhere. You are a lovely human being and a wonderful man, and we will play Fourth Edition someday. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, oh man, I I had a question and 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 now it is gone. Um, well, uh, so so uh, so you've been playing Idol Champions for for a bit. Um, and how did, did, did you get into their streams just like, cause you like, you, you, you knew the people there and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 It was, well, and I enjoyed the game and for a while, um, so now Codename has like 3 billion streams, but for a while <laughs> yeah. it really was just, you know, Dylan doing the two hour chunk of time, which he still does on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And I was moderating the channel. And so when he started doing that stream, I'm like, all right, here I am. I like this game. I could learn more about this game. Um, and so I've, I've been friends with a bunch of those people for a while because they're awesome Canadians and how can you not? And, <laughs> and yeah, I love the game and I am... Uh, I, I actually had a chance to be on the Idol Champions live stream back before the stream of Many Eyes. So okay. if you if you dig back, you can see me showing up on uh, chatting with Dylan for an hour about Dungeon Drunks. Um, I think 2019. I remember, but yeah, um, I've been I've been a fan of theirs before I became an employee. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, that that actually is a nice transition. Uh, t- tell tell listeners about Dungeon Drunks. How long has that been going on for? So Dungeon Drunks is approaching six years. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. We we've been going for a very long time because uh, these are friends of mine I've known for like a decade. Um, we were doing podcasts even before Dungeon Drunks. Uh, Dungeon Drunks just started as the the charity thing we were doing at. Um, we all met through the Rooster Teeth fandom. 
And so we were going to the Rooster Teeth Fan Expo that was happening every single year. And that's where we oh started doing God. these charity games. And then one year, people were like, why don't you just do this as a podcast all the time? And we, <laughs> we started. So, yeah, we've been doing this uh, approaching on six years. Uh, we're about to end the, our first campaign. That first year wow. we did every other year we did every other week and then we switched to weekly and we are on right now we're actually on our very first hiatus ever because two of our members are having babies coincidentally at the same time. Oh my gosh. So uh so we did take a slight break. Uh we came back to do the the special thing with Idol Champions, but um but yeah, they are level 18 now and wow. we're going to we're in the the end game of this first campaign <laughs> and it's it's been a blast. Those that has been through several really important life changes have been a rock in my life have been being able to get together with those people um and those are all friends of mine who i've only ever known as long distance friends you know Mm. one of them uh one of them lives in canada now most of them are on the east coast um one of them's in philadelphia one of them's in oklahoma one of them's in texas i'm out here in seattle um so that is a lot of time zones it is it is (laughs) think scheduling a DD game is hard think about scheduling a D &D game across continents so yes um it's it's proof that if it's important enough you'll you'll just do it and um yeah I, i i love those people very very much and it's been weird to not play the last couple of weeks even though it's mm. like it's like heartbreaking but also it's it's for good reasons it's happy reasons yeah. it's, it's a yeah. baby so it's a baby <laughs> so yeah we uh we're we're hopefully going to be starting back up again soon and going into our our final uh our final part of this campaign and then the the plan will be we'll do a couple of one shots and kind of rotate through DMs uh, a little bit, give everybody a chance to to DM, and then we'll start again at level one and do oh, something, wow. do another D and D game because I, I'm not stopping. Hell yeah, <laughs> I love that. And um, did did Dungeon Drunk start with fifth edition? Yes, yeah, we started okay, okay. just. In fact, we started so close to the end of fourth edition that we still have some holdover rules from fourth edition because <laughs> because three of us were um had played and two people when we started never played before. So like we're mostly theater of the mind except we use mm-hmm. flanking rules. Where m- I knew it was going to be flanking. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> so like, there's a couple of these rules that you know. Most people see them as optional, but when it, coming from fourth edition, flanking is not optional. You that's Mm-mm. that's just strategy. That is what you do. Yeah. <laughs> so we've slowly. It, I also made a couple of mistakes when I was uh, baby DM in fifth edition that we've just turned into homebrew at this point, which I kind of like. Mm-hmm. For example, I I misread and we all misunderstood the whole idea of being able to cast two spells in the same round, but one of them has yep. to be a cantrip. Yep. I totally misread that. I thought, oh, well, Same. if you've got a bonus action spell and an action spell, go for it. And at the point in where we all realized, oh, wait, I messed that up, I decided to keep it because um, the way that I DM and the way my players play and the way we end up our, our adventure days working out, um, the only way really to challenge them was to let them exhaust their stuff. <laughs> you know, when they get when you get to a high enough level, you reach the point in where unless you're throwing multiple encounters a day at somebody, it is mm-hmm. really difficult to challenge a, a a good party, a party that is yeah. that they don't even have to have any magic items, it just knows what they're doing. And I'm not a DM that necessarily wants to just be throwing constant encounters at my players. We'll go for whole two or three weeks and never roll a D20 or roll just for a couple of social things. So letting them keep that that broken uh, spell casting, quote unquote, yeah, <laughs> basically means um, they're more likely to blow through a lot of their stuff. And mm-hmm. if I then throw a second encounter at them, it turns into a, you know I I allow them the opportunity to exhaust themselves quicker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I oh, basically yeah. gave them more options because you know what? In the end, as a DM, I can always throw more monsters at them. So mm-hmm. it just it made. It made sense once I figured I had made a mistake. But when we move to the new campaign, we will use 
quote unquote okay. real rules. <laughs> see, see the thing thing with me with like with house rules like that because I I do the same thing. I I misread. The, actually, I don't know if it was misread. I just did not read it. Uh, <laughs> just skipped right over it. I was like, nope. Yeah. Uh, my my thing like because I I've had players be like, oh well, that just makes us ridiculously overpowered, and I just lean and go. I get to do that too. Yep. <laughs> that's the, that's that's where the balance comes from. It's like, oh, you're fighting a wizard. He misty steps over you and blasts your ass across the room. <laughs> right? And it's it, it's fun. And once again, as a DM, you can always make things more powerful. You can always throw more encounters at people. Like, you know, mm-hmm. yes, I, I get why people complain about players being overpowered once you reach like seven or eight. But at once again, for me, like... That's not the main point of the game, and the places that my players agonize over are the social aspects, are the, what is the right course of action? Can we negotiate this? Mm -hmm. Do we even do this? Uh, Oftentimes, if they've gotten into a battle, they've lost at that point because the purpose, uh, you know, and and it's they feel like they lost, you know, Mm -hmm. it's uh, well, if we end up having to fight, it's because we failed at negotiating and that's what we want to do. Um, And then my goal with the fights is to always make them interesting and engaging and challenging, but I'm not interested in a TPK. And so if if. I end up underestimating or if I end up, if it ends up being a blowout, I'd rather that than an accidental TPK. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, it's, but you know what? It's a DM philosophy and everybody has their own game and you know, whatever works for you. Yeah. <laughs> that does make me think, uh, funny enough, back to the acquisitions incorporated games, like at the beginning when Chris Perkins is like, the DM is not your enemy. And Chris, and Scott Kirsch just busts up. I was like, man, a lot, a lot of DMs don't know that one. <laughs> right? Yeah. And there's something to be said for like, all right, we're going to sit and we're going to do Tomb of Annihilation or Tomb of Horrors. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of this is a trial and I'm going to try to kill you. You know, yeah. like if you've signed up for that game or, you know, like I've played in plenty of games that are not nearly an antagonistic relationship, but that idea of like, no, the DM will kill your character if thing, if you, if this goes wrong, mm-hmm. like if you sign up for that, that's great. And that can add a lot of weight to your decisions, but yeah. it should never, in my opinion, be an antagonistic thing. And yeah. my goal when I'm running a campaign is never to kill my my characters because then the, the story ends. We're telling a story yeah. together and I can't tell a story without them. <laughs> I need my main, my main characters. I need them a lot, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, but finding that line is hard and every DM, you know, every game is different, but but um, there's nothing wrong with with any DM who wants to have that that kind of deadly game, as long as the players are up for it. But I don't think you need yeah. to have deadly and antagonistic at the same time. Yeah, that was a weird uh, the, rant. The... I'm very sorry. I just oh no no that was everybody. a fantastic rant. I loved that. <laughs> uh, what I was gonna say is like the the way that my my mentality is my my. Uh, my Tuesday group that uh, their name's the Golden Pals. Like I, they're a Saturday morning cartoon, and I am their biggest fan. Like, <laughs> nice. I want to see them do this crazy stuff <laughs> that just no one should get away with. Yep. <laughs> it's amazing. But they, it's they fun. Yep, it is. Yeah, I'm um, the game that I'm playing on now uh, with D4. I think one of the mm-hmm. reasons I really like is because they have that nice. It's what I also try to aspire to with my games for for Dungeon Drunks. They have a really nice mixture of, you know, lighthearted moments and serious moments of you know those moments where your characters can be ridiculous and funny and do silly things, and then also real world consequences for actions and fights that are are interesting and dynamic and can be deadly but mm-hmm. you know make you feel heroic when you survive so yeah um you know i i i like to have that kind of give and take in a game of like you know like the this weekend the game that the the episode that we're gonna play the show that we're gonna do like we're planning a party <laughs> <laughs> we just got out of a red dragon fight that almost killed all of us which was super serious and like everybody was the people went down my character went down and now we're going to party, you know, like, and yeah. that, that is a wonderful balancing act to, to be able to pull off. So I love it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. Um, all right. We're going to take a quick break to do the, the champions loot code, uh, which is L O W S W E K A. 
B-A-R-P. Put that code into Idle Champions on any of the numerous platforms it's available on and get a free uh, chest. I don't. I think it's an Electrum chest now. Uh, but yeah, get a free chest with loot and things to keep kicking evil's butt with. I don't know if it's gold or Electrum or whatever. It's a surprise. <laughs> so yeah, put that in there. Uh, get some cool stuff. Uh, kick evil's butt. And uh, be sure to, uh, right, currently right now, Keep voting uh, for the Idle Champions Presents, uh, the Unfair Seas, where you can affect what's going on in the game run by B-Dave uh, with a, just an amazing cast. I hope that you're watching that Monday uh, at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Twitch.tv. Games. But now I'm going to pass it back to a past Trevor who had a lot more confidence in me than I do. Thanks, future Trevor, who thought of a better joke than me. Um, so the TC spotlight for this week is going to be Lauren. Like, go support Lauren. Uh, you're, on, on Twitter, you are at Lauren. Uh, and uh, you got your podcast, Dungeon Drunks. You're on D4 now. You're community manager of Isle Champions. Go follow the t- Isle Champions Twitter account. Yes, Go please. follow all the places you can you can find Lauren and <laughs> enjoy her positivity. Aww. Well, and definitely come come see me on D4. I am forever grateful that Orkira has found a home there. I've, I was able to guest on that show twice in the last couple of years, and both times were amazing. And so when Silver and Steel came to an end, and I was able to, to come over and be on D4, for uh, as a regular player for for at least a while that mm-hmm. is a blessing i cannot begin to thank those people for because they they are uh friends and amazing players and to join them is absolutely incredible and to be able to keep playing orkira somewhere is uh, I might have been clinging to this character this past year during the pandemic. Orkira is my security blanket, and so having Aww. some place to bring her to like makes me feel so happy. So definitely go support D four if I if 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 I can pass along your support, Lauren, and push it off onto go support D four. <laughs> uh, it's uh, we play Sunday nights on Rock Punch ATL on that Twitch channel. Uh, it's it's D four, so the letter D and the number four. And if you're not at all interested in Orkira, which is fine. Oh, you should be. Uh, they you absolutely are, should be. So now is the best time to go join them because, uh, first off, there's two DMs. It is a co-DM show, which is awesome. Devin and Dustin are amazing. And they just finished Waterdeep Dragon Heist. They were doing an altered mm. homebrew Waterdeep Dragon Heist, um, thus the the dragon and the party. And so now <laughs> is a great time to join because we're going to be starting up a new adventure same characters same everything um so you're not gonna have the weight of like a lot of campaign stuff going on so and also even if there's backstory stuff or kira is there and mm-hmm. uh or is the audience surrogate because while lauren has been a fan of d4 for all of these years or kira doesn't know what's going on so every once in a while the characters are talking or kira is like wait what <laughs> Who is that again? <laughs> and Orkira is also not from the Sword Coast, so she will even ask, like, uh, who's Mert? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, but so, I, 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 di- I didn't get to watch Dragon or uh, uh, Beyond. What, what was no, Silver and Steel? I didn't get a chance to watch that one, and so I'd never heard your Orkira voice. Oh, okay. But what? But uh, one of the main reasons is because we play our D and D game on the night that that was going on. But it recently, now, now that I'm the now that I'm a player, I had to go to D and D Beyond to get to my character sheet. So I saw you all playing there, and what I was like, I'm just gonna click in there real quick. And I click in, and it's you doing the Orkira voice talking to B Dave doing, doing freely. freely. I'm like, <laughs> I love everything about this. <laughs> Orkira and freely are like so. She has a very special relationship with Freely, especially since he is the cause and the the solution to much of her problems. So <laughs> he is he is think first, ask questions later, and she's like, no, 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 wait, Death Warda. So yeah, yeah, I I I. I loved playing playing with B Dave. I, I love playing with that whole crew and mm-hmm. and yeah, but yeah, Orkira is uh, my safety blanket during the pandemic. So so now she's over playing with a bunch of friends uh, in Waterdeep, and they also know Freely. So for all we know, Freely will show up there. You never know. Heck yeah. I love it. Um, so for the second part of the show, uh, you know, we, we I like to do a, a topic with uh with the guests that they pick out, and you want to talk about getting into DMing. Yes. Uh, you said this is something that's very near and dear to your heart. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's become a thing recently, especially since 5th edition has been out for a while. And mm-hmm. 
with the pandemic and with everything going on, there's been a lot of new people getting into D and D, and becoming a DM has always been this weird thing that just happens. I, everyone yep. has the story of I wanted to play D and D, and I got a group together, and no one wanted the, to be the DM, and so I'm the DM now because this is the only way the group would happen. Um, and you hear about people who are forever DMs, and the game can't happen without a DM. And recently, the the latest book that Wizards of the Coast is putting out, the Candlekeep Mysteries, is mm -hmm. from everything that it sounds perfect for new DMs. It's like these tiny little adventures that are written specifically to help new DMs when they're you know run these bespoke little one shots and. I just think now is a really good time for anyone who's had that itch to be able mm -hmm. to get into it. Um, or people who've been thinking about it for a while and just been intimidated by it because there's there's definitely, like, I, I hate that it's a thing because I think Matt Mercer is absolutely amazing. But, like, the Matt Mercer effect of, well, yep. I can't be him and so I can't DM, which is utter... Uh, you can curse on the show you know it's crap on a stick it is take inspiration from these dms that you love but go do your own thing you do not need no one wants to be another chris perkins or jeremy crawford or any of that go be your own dm mm -hmm. but you can definitely take inspiration from them or you can take yeah. You know, you can watch them play which I think is amazing that nowadays you can just like watch other dms do things mm -hmm. like you know, in fourth edition, I couldn't really do much of that. Oh, yeah, and no. People who have been playing longer than me, they just remember, like, figuring things out on the fly, and they didn't know what they were mm -hmm. doing. They just had the books. You, you, you're saying that you, you can take things from them. I've I've told listeners on the show, I owe Chris Perkins money at this point from how much stuff I've stolen from him for sh from shows. <laughs> and I bet you he would say that, he, that you didn't steal, that he gave it freely. <laughs> and and I would say the same thing about if anybody watched or has listened to Medium and everything. Like, this is... A community, and we are here to help each other because the and especially with more DMs because the more people who mm -hmm. DM, the more people who can play, and the more who people who can play, the better the world is. I really do believe yeah. that. So, um, so yeah, I wanted to talk about this because I feel like now is a really really good time if you ever wanted to jump on in, and I specifically wanted to give advice to those people who, and I talked about this with Todd on a video recently specifically to people who have never done anything in D&D &D and suddenly yeah. finding themselves like DMing this weekend because <laughs> because that's Oh shit, how did I get here? <laughs> right? Like it's a thing. It is a uh, hey, all right, we're actually going to get together over Zoom this weekend. What are we going to mm -hmm. do? Who's going to be the DM? Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, I scheduled this thing, so here we go. <laughs> and so so my advice is for for the 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 lovely person at home who is sitting and listening to this who was like, "Yes, help." Uh, go get the basic rules because that's you don't need to start off it's by free. buying yeah get the free basic rules uh go to the wizards of the coast website and download some pre-generated characters um or to any place that is pre-generated characters and the reason i say that is because if the dm is new chances are most of the players are new and character creation while fun can be difficult to understand at first um and so take character creation off of everybody's plate and just grab a whole bunch of pre-generated characters find yourself a one shot that is super easy to run find yourself a a game uh if if you're a fan of dnd beyond there's a whole bunch of encounters of the week there which are perfect there are things you can run in like two or three hours that are self-contained um there's a bunch of stuff on dm's guild there is if you want to spend a little bit of money get either um i always get this wrong i'm looking over here because i have both boxes oh. it's the essentials oh, kit. Or, and the, the starter kit and the essentials yeah, kit. Yeah, get the starter kit or the essentials kit. Both of them have excellent starter adventures mm -hmm. with everything that you need in them if you don't mind spending a little bit of money. But uh, it doesn't take much to like look around and find a one-shot. If you yeah. want to homebrew your own adventure, there's some advice on there in doing that. But I highly recommend find yourself something you can run in like two hours. And yeah, take take that take that little bit of stress off yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah especially for your first time. Like, mm -hmm. um, And that's also why really... There's a lot of people who would recommend homebrewing if you're really into it. And, and everything I say, grain of salt, if what excites you about being a DM is a thing 
is homebrewing your own adventure and that's mm-hmm. what's going to give you the energy to go ahead and run this game then go ahead homebrew yeah uh matt Koval has an one of his very first videos is literally hey you're going to run D tonight for your friends uh it's like running the game number one in his series mm-hmm. and he just builds a little tiny uh game for you that you can run in like three or four hours so he can show you how to do that um but yeah get those three things read through a bunch of stuff and then sit down and play and don't worry about buying all of the books. Don't worry about knowing all of the rules. Um, trust your players to know what their characters do. And when they don't, ask them and make them read what the thing does <laughs> so that you all learn together. And if you mm-hmm. can't find the rule in 30 seconds of looking it up, make up something that makes the most sense and is fair is the most fair to everybody and keep going and say, you know what? I can't find this right now. Let's just do this because that sounds like fun and I'll look this up later and next time we encounter, you know, uh, grappling, I'll know what mm-hmm. to do. And that's my yeah. advice is is do that because um, there's – I think there's a ton of amazing DM advice out there, but a lot of it is for like the second time you run or the fourth time you run or like, hey, I've been mm-hmm. running for two years and I need advice on running this or that and like that – that I remember being that panicked person who hasn't done anything for D and D, and then suddenly, like, oh, I have to run a game now. Oh crap! So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I wanted the- to. Like, did you have that experience? Did you? Oh yeah. Um, like, like, like I said, uh, I, I, I really got my my first experience with D with fourth edition because my um my friend I've told the, I've told the story of the show before but like my friend had all the 3.5 books and he's like I want to play some D D my my best friend and I are like we play World of Warcraft at least we don't play D D uh but uh but he told my wife she could play a pirate and she's like we're playing mm-hmm. so we played we played a few sessions of that and we really enjoyed it because of some just wacky things that happened. Um, but then he went he went away for a bit and we were house sitting and we were like, ah, crap! I kind of want to play D and D still, but I don't want to go through Matt's stuff like that. Just I don't. It's weird. I don't want to do that. So we went we went to a, a, a Barnes and Noble nearby and they had the Red Box mm-hmm. and. We didn't even know it was fourth edition or anything. We're like, that looks old school. Let's get that. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so we got that. We went back to Matt's place and we we opened it up. And I had run uh, Outbreak Undead, but this is when I didn't understand RPGs. And I've kind of I've kind of talked about this recently, where it's like getting someone to understand RPGs is its own learning experience in itself. Because I I read Vampire the Masquerade. Did not understand it. I read Scion. Did not understand. And then I I ran uh, uh, Outbreak Undead, and I was but I was running it, but also had myself as a player because mm-hmm. I thought I could do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this I know everything that's gonna. I can't surprise myself. What what did I think I was doing here? And so when we when we busted open that box, uh, my now my my wife and my best friend started making characters, and I was like, okay. I'm going to do this the way the book wants me to. I'm only going to be the dungeon master. And they're like, are you sure? I'm just like, oh, we'll see how it goes. And I, and so we started playing that night. I didn't read the book. I just was like, all right, um, you encounter a goblin. <laughs> That's so here. Yep. <laughs> and it had that little stat block in, in the book. And it, it was like, the thing that I love about that one and the fifth edition star kit is it tells you when to ask for a role. Yep. And I think that is one of the most helpful things to get you to understand what this is. It's like, all right, ask them to make a stealth check. Here's why. Here's what it's going against. This is what you could do with the outcomes of it. And that was made me go, okay, I get this now. Yeah. And that one night is where I was like, okay, I understand what being a DM is kind of <laughs> but it's got its hooks in me and like I never looked back from there. I literally did not play I was not a player in a D&D game for a year and a half because I was so addicted to DMing after that night. Yeah, it's amazing. And and to your point yeah. about like how do you describe a, a, any TTRPG to somebody, you know, how how do they learn? That's one of the reasons why I'm so grateful for live plays because mm-hmm. I think having that experience of watching a group play. Oh yeah. And especially watching, you know, whatever you want to call them professional 
gamers <laughs> or, you know, professional performers or whatever you want to, you know, to say what they are. But mm-hmm. they are intentionally playing D&D so that you can watch them play. And it doesn't matter what style of D&D they're playing. If this is a, a horror-themed game, if they're going through Curse of Strahd, if they're doing, you know, a high fantasy adventure, if they're doing something homebrew. Like, the specifics about the style of game are less important than the fact that you can sit and watch and kind of get the gist in a little while yeah. of like, oh, they're telling a story together and there's some of these roles that are happening and they help determine the the direction of the story. You know, now they're going to get in a fight and there's more of these roles and you don't have to understand all of the details to grab onto the idea mm-hmm. of, oh, this is a shared storytelling experience with some constraints. And then from there, that kind of helps inform when you then want to get into D&D. And that's why I've I've... I do encourage people who are interested in D&D but haven't decided yet. Um, I throw, you know, some live plays at them, you know, mm-hmm. and then the hard thing becomes figuring out which live play to throw at them <laughs> <laughs> because there are now so many, uh, yeah. you know, for good or for ill, there are so many. So mm-hmm. uh, I think I, it's it's for good. It a hundred percent is. is. Like, like that. Like the thing is, like I like. I, I don't I don't watch a lot of life plays because like I, I don't I got ADHD. I don't have the attention span anymore. Like if it's in a podcast form, I can put it in my ears and do other stuff with it yeah. and it works out great. But like uh the I sitting there and watching it, I, I can't do as much. But the thing is though, is that like everyone's play style is different. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's why all of these streamed games is so good because you may not like the way that critical role is run you may not it's like oh there's too much narrative going on or there's too much uh it, like talking going on i want more combat you can go find that yep. now and i love that there's options for that there's not just options um, for like narrative versus combat there's literally watching a d and not and not even our uh ttrpgs just D mm-hmm. live play is kind of the same as saying, hey, let's go watch a movie. You yeah. don't just go watch a movie nowadays. It's, oh, let's go watch a movie. <laughs> well, what are you in the mood for? I'm in the mood for a comedy. I'm in the mood for a horror. I'm in the mood for an action adventure. I'm in the mood. Eh, I, I don't know what I'm in the mood for, but make it short. Uh, I, you know what? I've got all afternoon. Let's go watch the Lord of the Rings cycle. You know, whatever it is, you know, you can now find that flavor of, of a D&D yes. game. Um, and even if you don't have that, some you can probably find somebody that you are a fan of playing. All right, so yes. maybe you know nothing about D and D. Maybe you know nothing about what kind of D and D you would like, but you're interested. And then you're also a fan of Hope Lavelle because you saw her doing doing awesome stuff in movies. And so, mm-hmm. all right, I'm gonna go watch the show that she's on. You know, or I you're, I'm a fan of B Dave because he does all the things. Or you know, I've read some of Aaron. Evans books and oh she plays in the show over here and you know so this is what I've literally said like do you like scream (laughs) all right well uh one of those guys uh let's go over this way (laughs) are you a Star Trek fan the people doing dude right yeah uh Star Trek um I've just lost the name of which Star Trek it is is it Lower Decks oh is it no that's the show oh dang it if you like Star Trek, the guys from Star yeah. Trek are playing playing D and D. You know, yeah, yeah. like, do you like Scooby Doo? Matt Miller. <laughs> do you like? Um, do you do you like True Blood? Joe Manganiello's over here yep, playing yep, Archon. Yep. Are you a fan of voice acting? Here's three billion voice actors on a show <laughs> called Critical Role. Like, you, there's a, a hook that you can give to somebody to get them in, and then and then it's just about finding your flavor, and yeah. it's so much fun. It's so much fun to watch people get into it. It's it's, it's great. I, I I will give I will give one more piece of advice, especially if you haven't ever run a game before. Like like, it, like I like we were saying at the beginning of this. Like I dove into the act in games because that's all there was. But that was right when I was getting into tabletop RPGs. Like I I well into D anD D. Like it was 2011. So those there had been quite a few of those by then. They'd even done one of the live plays, and. That was the only time I'd gotten to hear someone else play D&D that wasn't like at the beginning of E.T. for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I literally sat there one time and took because I had a parking lot job. I could sit there and listen to it while writing down lines. But I took notes on what Chris Perkins was doing. And, you know, during that one, that one was a little bit harder because they kind of took for granted, though, like, oh, whoever's listening to this knows how to play D&D. So there were some things they just kind of blah, blah, blah over. Little, yeah. And I'm like, oh, look that up later. But like, 
taking notes on it, like of like, okay, this is when they called for his kill shot. Might not be like a bad thing to do. It's kind of it's kind of fun. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And you know, if if that's if if that's the way that you you know, if like, all right, I like the show and I like what this DM does, and so I'm gonna now listen to this. Like I'm studying, like I'm, yeah. you know, you know, like one of those masterclass shows or something like that. Like, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. And then, mm-hmm. as long as you remember that, um, you're eventually going to have your own style. It may it may yep. take a little while for you to to play enough to know what your style is, and that's mm-hmm. fine. And your style may grab a bit from here and a bit from there, or you might look at what one DM is doing and say, "Oh, I really like that they do this thing, and I want to do it." And then the way you do it ends up being slightly different because of whatever, you know. Yeah. I love listening to uh, Matt Mercer do three billion voices, but he is a professional <laughs> voice actor. I yep. will never be able to do three billion voices, but the fearlessness that he does it inspires me to try. And and some of the and he's put out some of the stuff that he does, uh, like the little mini. All right, here's how I come up with character concepts, and here's how mm-hmm. I write down like you know two or three things that help me remember a voice of a character. That so I I don't do voices the way that he does, but that helped me remember NPCs who like all right I've introduced this NPC. Or I've made up an NPC on the fly for my my players, and now three months later they go back to go talk to that NPC, and now I've got the note that says, "Oh, they're uh, gruff, low pitched, bad Irish." Okay, now I got this. <laughs> now now I remember who this character is, you know. And so like, what I took from him wasn't necessarily well. Now I'm a professional voice actor. What I took from him is remembering how to remember all my NPCs, you know. So mm-hmm. don't feel like you have to copy anyone be inspired yeah i will say though with the voices and and i've totally admitted this on the show you can steal other people's voices and just say i'm just doing an impression of this like for uh uh when i was running descent into avernus for mad maggie i was just doing a bad jeremy crawford impression of him doing mad maggie (laughs) absolutely yeah because what you hear in your head that inspires what comes out of your mouth unless once again you're a professional voice actor or a a professional imitator (laughs) unless you're nolan north (laughs) (laughs) what what is my nolan north oh i don't know yeah but like whatever that that actor is in the back of your head is or actress or whoever that you're emulating Mm -hmm. it's not gonna it's not gonna come out as them and you know what if it's good enough that someone goes wait a second (laughs) hold on isn't you're just doing and then and then it feels great because like, yeah 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 i was just i was just doing that yeah <laughs> i i had that in the, in the game i was doing a voice and one of my players goes you know you're almost just sounding like the drifter from destiny i went all right now i'm just gonna be fully doing the drifter from destiny <laughs> there you go <laughs> this is who i am now and now and you know yeah yep and it's the same for like for players for characters if if your character concept is well, I would really like to be, um, you know, I'd, I want to be Anakin Skywalker. Why not? Uh, you know, so you're going to be him <laughs> for a while. And then eventually you you turn it into your own character. But if that's where you're going to start from, that's great. Yeah. And and, and the, the uh, going back to the, like, you do not have to do voices at all. Like, I, I one of the things that I've said, like, the way to get around that is to say it out loud like you're reading it in a book. Just be like, uh, all right. Then the uh, the the dwarf says to you, mm-hmm. and then just say out what they say. Like you, you could even say like they say it in this tone, they say it in this accent. Like you can verbalize that and not have to worry about doing that. You know, there's somebody, there's maybe some that's not immersive. Oh well, but if it gets you through the game, it gets you through the game. It is, <laughs> I will say it is totally immersive, and the person you want to watch is Jerry Holkins. Uh, watch mm, any of yes. his DMing, especially for the C team. He rarely does voices, if at mm-hmm. all, and it's not really a voice. He will occasionally put on an accent or a a way of speaking, but most of the time, it is just how he engages with the player, and he's doing that thing where it's like, well, I this character says, and oh, he says, mm-hmm. and oh, they say, and you know, and they just they're just having a dialogue with somebody as that character, but he is committed to portraying that character authentically and yeah. uh all you got to do is is have that commitment and your players just 
and it's okay if your players laugh at something. If if they mm-hmm. have that self-conscious laughter the first couple of times you do it and like, oh, this is weird, role-playing. Role-playing is weird. Because, <laughs> you know, a lot of us, a lot of people, they, you know, you stop playing pretend for a while and it, it feels self-consciously weird to get back into it. And so no one should feel awkward if you have that moment of like, <laughs> oh, that, that voice. And then eventually you just get into it and the weird voice doesn't matter, uh, you know, or just the, that intenseness. And, but yeah, watch, watch C-Team if you want to see an amazing DM who does not do voices. Perkins doesn't really do any voices either. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he, he he does a few here and there, and when he does, I'm just like, ah, I like that. That was good, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, cherry picks, and it's great. But yeah, the mm-hmm. I, voices are a tool in the toolbox, but they are not necessary. Absolutely, I I prefer doing voices more often as as a player, as my character, than I do as a DM. <laughs> to be honest, because. As a DM, I have to come up with so many NPCs. But as a, <laughs> as a player, and this is once again me personally, I like having a voice for my character to make it much more clear when my character is speaking versus when I am speaking. Because I'm also mm-hmm. one of those players who likes to have out-of-character conversations and jokes. So it makes it easier. So if Arkira's talking, everyone is very clear that it's Arkira talking. <laughs> and that if I'm going to make a joke, everyone knows what's happening. So, mm-hmm. uh, But it's also not necessary. It is 100% whatever you're comfortable with. Just go for it. You're making me realize that I subconsciously did that when I played Garlock. Because I was, because I, I do the same thing where I'm like, I just talk and stuff like that. I needed a way to differentiate that, so I just did Garlock's voice. <laughs> it, it, I think it's super useful, and it doesn't have to be, you know, this outrageous thing. Uh, or you know, Orkira is is a bit much, but she's a dragonborn, and I, yeah. I knew I was. Star- I'll be honest, I was, I was like, wait, I have to play D and D with all these amazing actors. I have to step up my game. I have to have a voice. <laughs> but like, I, being able to just have a voice, even even if it's just a slight accent or a slight way that you talk or whatever, it it helps me a lot as a player way more than a DM. Because yeah, mm-hmm. as a DM, I can say, oh, you're talking to this character and I'm going to describe him a little bit. And then that character says, blah, 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 blah. Because once again, three billion people, come on. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um, we, we're running uh, towards the end of the show. Is there any last thing that you want to like just kind of cap this uh, uh, advice off with. I feel like I've rambled so much. <laughs> I did not realize what time it was. And it's I, fine. It's fine. It's like, what did I just say for the last 20 minutes? <laughs> oh, jeez. Why are you listening to me? I'm having imposter syndrome all over again. <laughs> we, we did a whole episode about imposter syndrome and the Matt Mercer effect. Because, uh, like, well, one, I, okay, I, I did I have a thought that I didn't get to. The, one of the things that I didn't realize for the longest time that happened with Critical Role is that so many people have watched it now. There are people that are watching it who have never played. And they watch it weekly, and they've never done it. And um, Allie and I used to run games at a bookstore, and several times we had people come who loved Critical Role, knew everything about it, and they were super nervous to come to the table. Yeah. Like, I had people who were like, I'm just going to sit off over here and, like, maybe come over. I'm like, all right, that's fine. And, and I, I like I, I think the last thing that I, I can say about it is, like, the what you were saying there with, with DMing and finding your style to it, it's the same way as being a writer and finding your voice in your writing. Yeah. You're not going to find it unless you do it. And it's and I hate I hate to like do like the stereotypical thing. It's like, oh, my writing advice is to sit down and do it. But that's what it is. If yeah. if if you're worried about not being a good DM, the only way you're gonna be a good DM is to sit down and do it. You you yeah. Absolutely. I, I have a corollary to that that actually has nothing to do with being a DM or a player, which is um, <laughs> if you are one of those people who is a fan of Critical Role or name a show and you are a fan of yeah. the show and you've never played D&D, you are still a D&D fan. You are still welcomed. Yes. You are still awesome. If you 100%. never play a TTRPG yourself and all you are doing, and, and I say this, um, like, I've never understood the people who are like, well, if you've never played, then you're not really a fan, which is uh, the crap of the bull. And <laughs> I say that as a professional oboist 
in where if the only people who came to listen to me play oboe were people who played oboe professionally or had played oboe at some point <laughs> in their life, I would have no audience. And I love that. It's the same, right? Like we don't expect people to play football when they watch a football game. We don't expect yeah. people to be uh, to sing if they go watch a, a musical. You do not have to play D&D if you want to continue to enjoy Critical Role, if you want to enjoy High Rollers, or if you want to enjoy you know any of the multitude... It is entertainment, and if you are entertained by it, then you are welcome in our space. And then if you do ever have the bug, if you're like, I have now watched <laughs> enough Critical Role that I am interested, you know, or whatever, use the community of the show that you are watching to find people to play with. You, you have now a wonderful group of amazing fellow fans of Critical Role who are probably going to want to play D&D in a similar way to Critical Role, like you. So if you ever decide, yeah, I want to give this game a try, then leverage the awesome community that you have found. But if that never happens and all you ever want to do is is watch and enjoy an awesome group of people play D&D and be entertained by it, then bless you because I'm one of those people playing D&D for your amusement and I can't thank you enough. So thank you. Well, well said. I got to clap that one out. That was that. No, that's perfect. I love it. Uh, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on here. This has been an absolute blast. I, I've, I, I love talking with you. It's good. Did we talk or did you really listen to me rant for like 20 minutes at a time? I feel like- I, we totally talked. And you know what? I enjoyed listening to those rants. They were damn good. If you would like to hear more of my rants. No, I appreciate you having me on. And this was lovely. And I will come back anytime to chat with you because this was amazing. And Awesome. And yeah, yeah. I, would, I would love to have you here with, with Allie because uh, I, I would love to have more conversations about this awesome game that we love. Yay. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, one more time for the listeners. Where can they find you? Ah, you can find me on the interwebs. I am Obaloran <laughs> on Twitter. That's kind of the best way to find me. I am currently the community manager for Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. So definitely go check out that game and all of the lovely things going on at CNE Games uh, at their Twitch. You can also find me playing Orkir Eldrex, the Dragonborn cleric who is just trying to keep everybody alive on Sundays at 4 p.m. Pacific on D4. And you can find them at D4 D&D RPG, I believe, on Twitter. Go look up D4. They're awesome. I love them <laughs> so there. much. And I am the DM for Dungeon Drunks, which is a podcast that is currently on a tiny, tiny little hiatus. However, we have several hundred episodes. So if you're getting into our show, you have plenty of places to start. And uh, if you are a fan of Idle Champions, the most recent game that came out was our one shot that we did with B. Dave Walters, Aaron Evans, Mark Meir, and three of my players um, who were playing their normal characters from Dungeon Drunks doing a, a silly, fun, ridiculous level 17 one shot um, <laughs> that I I enjoyed. And so I hope you enjoy as well. Fantastic. Go go find all those things. Do it right now. <laughs> go do it, listeners. Um, well, that is going to do it for this week's show. Uh, if you enjoyed it, the best way to support it is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice and do that on Dungeon Drunks as well. Uh, the five stars is absolutely appreciated. Please do that. <laughs> Don't be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh Trevor if you'd like to keep up date- five stars. Go give him five stars. <laughs> Star him. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, if you want to if you want to keep up the day on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Difficulty Class. And if you want to see an inactive Instagram, you can follow us at Difficulty Podcast on there. Uh, <laughs> if you have any suggestions for the show or questions of your own, you can send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com and we'd love to talk to you about them or talk about them on the show. But until next week. Have a good game.